Dan and Corey here, welcoming you into Libservative. Is that a seltzer? It's a it's a seltzer. A low carb seltzer. It's a, it's a seltzer that's made with actual vodka and uh, real soda, no added sugars. Welcome in to Libservative. He's Corey Walsh. And he is Dan Griffin. That is right. Libservative, the show where we try to make thinking sexy again, because thinking is hard when you let the corporatists do it for you. Bang! I think I got it. I think that's it, right? Ooh, that is. I like that. Because isn't that, I mean, isn't that what we run into more often than anything else when we're just trying to have discourse on social media? It's like it's like a CNN talking point or like a Fox News talking point or like something Rachel Maddow said or or an ad hom argument like, we get it, you listen to Joe Rogan or you listen to Jimmy Dore. Like, it's just like, it's just, can we just talk about this? Let's just talk about stuff. That's what we're here to do. Thinking is hard when you let the corporatists do it for you so uh we would like to welcome in a new audience uh on twitch i don't know how many we have but we're uh we're trying some new things twitch facebook zero uh, viewers zero <laughs> viewers. That's, okay. that's all right zero viewers we're, we're brand new to it's this literally yeah it's literally the first time we were ever on on twitch and we're three minutes says we're live and we're three minutes in so we'll see where this goes uh we shall see for those of you that missed us last week it's because everybody missed us last week. We did do a show last week. However, we had some severe uh, technical difficulties. And I actually am proud of this because I've done a few different podcasts on a few different subjects in my life. And I am of the school of thought that you're not really truly a podcast until you have yourself a fucking lost episode. And now we uh, have one. We do. <laughs> it was a good one, guys. Just take our word for it. We're basically just gonna, <laughs> we're basically just going to replay the same episode again with yeah. a couple new things because uh, not a lot going on in the world as far as things that we didn't expect, right? I mean, obviously, there's no verdict in the Kyle Rittenhouse case just yet slash mistrial, I should say. It's, yeah, uh, it's, it's leaning towards that, huh? Uh, I mean, we all know that uh, Kamala Harris's uh, 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 polling numbers are terrible. We all know Joe <laughs> Biden's polling numbers are terrible, and we all know Congress's is worse. Uh, but it, it did. I, it, is there anything we missed outside of the, uh, the Nicaraguan election? And you might say to yourself, I'm an American. Why the hell would I care about that? Oh, you'll care about that. Uh, when we actually get into it, but outside of that, is there anything that's really relevant that we missed over the last week since we've been on the, since we've actually launched the show? Oh, well, uh, we got, uh, some oil stuff going on. Uh, Ooh, okay. I got one. That I'm gonna drop. That's you mean that really damn good. Joe Biden's raised my gas prices again. Yeah, he's doing it on purpose too. He said, "Fuck Dan Griffin." I heard him say it. <laughs> it was a tweet came across my feed. <laughs> I did that. Um, but first off, what you drinking this week, Dan? Nothing special, man. Like, <laughs> is that what it's called? Or no, I'm, I'm drinking. I'm drinking my my favorite beer in the entire world again. I've had it on the M43s. show before. B43. 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 But I'm also backing it up with a, a high noon watermelon. So, you know, is that a seltzer? It's a it's a seltzer. A low carb seltzer. It's a, it's a seltzer that's made with actual vodka and uh, real soda, no added sugars. So it's very good for the for your for your gut. It's very good for the gut health, and it helps you lose some pounds. Nice. 
this this makes you lean. I'm drinking some whiskey. Makes you lean against like walls and stuff. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, some Knob Creek, and actually it was nice because I bought the uh, you know how they every like every holiday they come out with the uh, like the gift pack that comes with the bottle and the glasses and stuff. And I got this nice little Knob Creek uh glass for the for the people watching on the live stream you can I'm see sure they can see it you're a little blurry in my screen so I couldn't see it but. <sighs> sorry it's that it's that seltzer you're drinking <laughs> it's getting you all blurry we just started where should we I, start and then I'm also drinking some cotton candy haze oh you're drinking more stuff yeah some cotton oh, because- candy because you're making up for the lost show last week. Yeah, I need to drink twice as much. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see where this goes. Wish us luck. Uh, I'm as drunk as I age am. Nine years. hole on the golf course. It takes you that long. <laughs> <laughs> My golf game is so atrocious that like I have to like get drunk. So when I when I see the ball take off, I know one looks good. The other one is just <laughs> the other one is just. We're not going to count that one. Was that a slice or a draw? <laughs> Just split it down the middle, I guess. He eagled the 13th. Do you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Trump. <laughs> um, good news. We can start off with some good news. Uh, John Deere. Some of the most riveting scenes in golf history. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> that is me on the golf course. Some of the most riveting scenes. <laughs> You wanted to talk about uh, John Deere. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. John Deere tractors, you know. Uh, they found they, the third contract came through, uh, and the workers are now back to work. They stood their ground, and the unions came through, and these guys are about to get uh, 10% raises. They're about to get uh, – let me see if I can find it. I'm, so right now I'm on cbsnews.com. And they were on strike since October 14th, and they held off for the first poly- the first uh, negotiation. They voted, it was like 91%, I think, that said no to it. The second mm-hmm. one came through, and it was like 55% approval, and so they went for it one more time. And then now uh, this one is the one that they voted for, like 65% or whatever. And so they got the initial 10% raises. They get to keep, or this week's offer kept 5%. We're in the third and fifth years of the six-year deal. Yeah, so they, they signed a deal for a six-year deal. Uh, three lump sum payments in the second and fourth and sixth year. And it would provide an $8,500 ratification bonus, preserve a pension option for new employees, make workers eligible for insurance sooner, and maintain their no-premium health insurance coverage. So the reason why this is a big deal is because right now in America, worker like unions are actually making kind of a comeback. You know, like covid really put the uh the vice grips you know on the american worker like all of a sudden everyone was heroes and essential and all these frontline workers are like well if we're going to be heroes and we're going to be essential then shit you better pay us that money and make us feel like that and uh there it's you know they're calling right now the great resignation i think what was it 34 million people resigned from jobs this year with like 3.4 million in the last month or something like that. Now, granted, they probably are going to different paying jobs and stuff like that. But yeah, it's it's the the powers in the workers' hands right now, and it's 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 wild to see. I never thought I'd see something like this in my lifetime. Yeah, and Corey, I think the more important thing is um, 
not necessarily that the power seems to be going back into the hands of unions, but back into the hands of union workers. Because, you know, you, you always heard the rhetoric since, I mean, as long as I can remember about like unions are bad because they're, you know, they have too much power and they become too political and they don't actually care about their members, but they let them, you know, they have them pay their union dues and, and all this stuff yep. all the time. And, 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 and some of the, uh, political backlash that occurs among them as far as like, I, I, a great example to me, you know, is the teachers union. You and, know, and I'm glad you said that because I was just going to bring that up. I was having a discussion with a guy at work today, and I don't mean to cut you off, but yeah, same thing. We were talking about unions, and I was saying I was stoked about this one. He's like, yeah, he goes, I was a part of a union in the school. He goes, and all I got out of it was union dues and pay cuts year after year. And, and not only like, that, but it, it, it wasn't it, it, outside of just the pay cuts, like some of the things that that have been collectively bargained by teachers both at the state level and nationwide is like tenure when it's not really deserved you know what i mean mm-hmm. as far as like you it's really easy for a shitty teacher to get tenure to keep their job because of unions yeah so i'm not saying unions are perfect you know i'm a huge fan of collective bargaining i you know i'm not pretending that they're an answer to all like you look at the uaws there's corruption and stuff in the bureaucratic sense of unions just like there is politics and maybe there should be a watchdog group that keeps an eye on this to keep them honest and accountable but i always have this little philosophy that like the stronger unions are the less government intervention we're going to need in the workplace because then the government doesn't need to have a forced hand to come in and try to make the private businesses do certain things for the workers if the workers have a voice of their own does that make sense no it makes total sense and then that's that's what's more important to me is the the voice of the worker over the voice of the actual union itself and that's that's something that we're seeing that's that's different i I think the only thing happening yeah i think the only question you have to ask is how effective will it be overall i don't know hopefully it's gonna stick around man i mean right now unions have like the highest uh like the highest approval rating they've had in shit decades, decades. Like talking like back to like the sixties, you know, it's at like sixty five or sixty eight percent approval rating for the unions, and like that's just it's just great to see. Uh, like you know, like anybody working forty hours a week, and this is a Bernie quote, quote, you know, anybody working forty hours a week shouldn't rely on the government for anything. What do you think that is? Do you think that's more younger people becoming? more of of working age like you and i Corey, in our early 30s are millennials you know and and for some reason boomers still can think we're like 18 years old i don't know why that's a thing but (laughs) boomers still think that millennials are like 17 years old and like playing around on uh, fucking instagram and showing our tits and balls to everybody uh, not hilarious. It's like we're not Gen Z. We're not on TikTok, really. I mean, some of us have TikToks, but we're not doing the challenges. I don't think. But, but is that it? Because you know, you do see the people. I don't know that I necessarily see it on social media as much as 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 I hear boomers talk a lot. Just being in the the business that I'm in, and it's you know, why won't everybody just go back to work? You know, but you you sitting here saying that sixty five percent approval rating for unions and people supporting the idea of the worker taking back their power, I mean, I'm with that, and I don't sit there and and, and say to my customers that I 
sell to every day that are boomers and want everybody to go back to work. I don't sit there and have a conversation with them and say, well, you see, Sam, <laughs> it's it's it. <laughs> workers are just taking back their power. Oh, no, they're just lazy and they don't want to work. And yeah, I, I hear it, but I don't I don't see it that much on social media. Uh, and, you know, 65, 70 percent of people approving of unions is. I would say probably against the Fox News narrative, but also you're not going to see it on the CNN narrative either, are you? Not a whole no. lot. No, you know, CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, they're all they're all funded by corporate elites and special interests. And those corporate elites, special interests would rather have the government subsidize their employees and pay for it themselves because they'd rather have bigger profit margins so their stock prices go higher. Corey, your buddy Steve said on Facebook, uh, I heard Joe Biden farted on some oil. Is that true? <laughs> I was waiting for somewhere to fit that in. I saw I that. just I just thought I'd throw it on there. <laughs> right. I saw that. Like, yeah, what was it when he was meeting with the Pope? <laughs> Didn't he like change suits or something like that while he was there? It's like, what are you doing, Joe? Who gives a shit? He's over there passing gas. <laughs> Who cares? What was the, what was it here, the, fat? What was the meme? Was it was that a fart? Some of it. <laughs> <laughs> Some of it was. <laughs> uh, All right. Infrastructure bill passed. Okay. <laughs> All right. Sweet. I'm a little bit more stoked about the uh, infrastructure bill than uh, the Build Back Better plan. It... um. But weren't I'm they still, supposed I'm to be tied together? Yeah, that was the plan. They were together, and then they had to pass them both, which was some weird self-imposed goal, and then now it's not. I don't know. I don't know exactly all like the little ins and outs of that whole thing. I just remember just hearing it constantly. And, like, all of a sudden, Mansion and Cinema were like the enemies. When it's like they had a bill that, that 50 other senators weren't going to pass. But because they're supposed to be Democrats, they're supposed to just toe the line. Well, hey, okay, no. So I, I'm not. I am not going to let Mansion and Cinema off with a pass on this one because is there everything that they were trying to be against? It was like there was a special interest in the pocket. <laughs> when it came to the pharmaceutical stuff yeah like to, yeah no like joe oh, manchin's yeah. a literal coal baron right like he doesn't <laughs> want any climate bullshit in it and i don't want any climate bullshit in my bills but right. no, the, the reason the, the reason mansion and minima in minima yeah i'm gonna call her that from now on <laughs> kirsten minima uh kirsten minima the, the reason i have always oh, taking poops in just... public bathrooms <laughs> I give, yeah, all right, I give her credit. On her. <laughs> I give her credit for that one. Uh, the reason I'm not going to let them off of the pass is like they're the they were the they're they're the poster children of corporatist Democrats. They they are they are the the absolute. Uh, I mean, they are the they are the Mona Lisa of corporate Democrats. They are they are the one that are. They are they are they are the ones that are stuck in a museum up on a wall front and center when you say corporatist Democrats come look at these two miraculous art pieces that we've put together. So right, 
Which is, I mean, is it one hundred percent their fault that these two bills weren't tied together? No, that's silly. But but the the thing that's even more silly is that like it's more their fault to me than it is Republicans, and here's why: because the Democrats are going to go out there and they're going to blame Republicans for these two bills ultimately not end up being tied together. But dude, you're the ones that have the fucking power. Like, what are you talking about? And you know, Republicans are assholes. Like you already knew they were assholes. They're not going to help you with this shit. You know what I was thinking about the other day? So the, uh, when it comes to all this shit, like they make this big, just monstrous bill, right? To where everyone has to vote on it. And everyone doesn't really know what's in it. That's the, you hear that's the biggest complaint. I don't even know what's in the bill, you know? <laughs> like I was thinking about this the other day, like these Congress people, and I'm not even going to say Democrats, Republicans, just these congressmen in general need to get their shit together. And, uh, what they need to do is instead of like trying to just pass all this one so they can go back on recess for weeks on time. Corey, you said Let's you were going to try to stop cursing. Instead of saying shit together, what I like to say is instead of saying get your shit together, say get your poop in a group. There we go. Get your poop in a group. There you go. And uh, I like that. I'm trying to go. That's right. I said, I, so I said that last week and uh, <laughs> <coughs> that didn't make it on the show. So oh, that's right. I'll, I'll explain that really quick. Um, so last week, I uh, had He's to got go a to, great uh, memory. This guy. <laughs> so last week I had to go to a funeral, you know, for my cousin. He passed away from COVID, unfortunately, uh, and I ended up being one of the speakers. Like I went up on stage and I spoke at the podium, like just to say some nice words about him and stuff like that. And like I didn't have anything rehearsed; it was kind of off the cuff. And I was up there, and as I'm speaking. I had this pause where I was like trying to think of what, what I was going to say next. And I was welled up with emotion. You know, me and my cousin are really, really close. He was over my house like every day. And I'm on this podium and I'm in this church around all these people. And I just let out just this strong, guttural, just fuck. You are a rude, <laughs> terrible person. You shouldn't be working. And like everyone kind of just like set up sat up like stiff in their chair and stuff like that and i was like oh whoops it's that maybe i do fly off the handle a little bit too much with the swear that's word. enough put down the mic <laughs> that, that's what I, <laughs> that was the pastor <laughs> tell me to put down the mic but what i was gonna say is what i think what that I, they need they, to I'll do just is, sit down please <laughs> i think i've used them all now if Trump was in the seat, Trump in the <laughs> Trump was there at the funeral, <laughs> and so uh, I so what I was thinking is what they need to do is you know Nancy Pelosi is the Speaker of the House. She gets to make the rules of what gets gets brought to the brought to the floor to be voted on. Make everyone fuck fricking. <laughs> get your poop in a group, Corey. Yeah, make everyone uh, on record of what things they. And they are for and against in general. Like, uh, let's uh, line item every single thing. You know what I mean? Instead of voting on this big bill, take every individual thing in it <laughs> and vote on it. And then you have, <coughs> sorry, and then you have every person on record voting on every individual thing. And then it's like, oh, 
half of them are against money for roads and the other half are for it. And then like, oh, you know, like, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, but do you understand what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like, let, let, let's let's make politicians that barely want to get together to do their jobs in the get first place. Get together more. Get together even more <laughs> to vote on individual line items when they have corporatist donors to make happy. Like, what you're saying is fantastic on paper, but like. Right. It's, yeah, they won't ever do it. But careful, like, my libertarian is showing. They'll never get it right. <laughs> my nihilism is showing. Yeah. Oh, I try to think of like let's uh let's get everyone on record of every single individual thing because then like when it comes to like campaigns and everything, then you can actually call people out on the individual topics. Oh, he's a flip flopper. Yeah, it's real easy to go. Oh, he voted no against the Build Back Better, and they're gonna be like, well, yeah, I'm from a coal mine state where most of my constituents work in coal mines and you literally wanted to take all of their jobs. It'd be political suit. That's, that's all I got on that. That's, <laughs> no, that's, that's perfect because, and, and that's, it, and gives that's people, it gives them all scapegoats, I guess is what I'm saying. When you have this monstrous bill, it gives all of the, every single politician in that group a scapegoat because there was something in that bill that they can go, oh, well, I couldn't vote for it because of this. But if it was every individual thing as its own little separate thing. I guess if it were actually about the people, I would be for that, but it, it would never be that way. It, it's it would never be about the people. Yeah, it would be, you know, it would be about uh, Manchin uh, voting down certain aspects of the Build Back Better plan you know, uh, for, for climate issues based on, oh, I have I have all my constituents work in coal mines. They're hardworking people. No, you're doing it for the coal right. companies. But then all this, like, then who are you, who are you kidding? Yes. But then he votes yes on uh, broadband and rural areas. He votes yes on bridge work. He votes yes on the trains. Then we're getting legislation done. Like, oh, no, we're, we got set back on one thing out of the whole bill versus no bill at all. Like, it just makes more sense to me, but all of these lazy assholes, these lazy buttholes. <laughs> Things work just... better when everybody comes out pissed. Right, and that's called a compromise. Like, take your <laughs> compromise and shove it up It your just ass. means nothing gets done. And, and as far as the infrastructure bill passing goes, look, basically the progressives were cucks to the corporatist Democrats again. Now, now I'm proud of the squad. As much as I could ever be proud of the squad, because none of none of them voted for this. But, you know, when we talk about uh, we talk about progressives in the Democratic Party. That's all we talk about. We talk about the six. We talk about the squad. But there are others. And they decided to vote for and become cucks of the Democratic establishment. Uh, the fact that reconciliation didn't didn't stay tied to this thing is not something that I'm happy about, uh, because. And, and it, it's not even because I think that like every aspect of the Build Back Better plan is is supposed to you know make America the utopia that it everybody claims it used to be in the fifties, uh, but the th there there are provisions in that bill, and and I'm not even going to sit here and act like I know everything that's in it because I don't. Talk about the Build Back Better. 
I'm yeah, I'm talking about the reconciliation bill to build back better. Yep. About it. It's uh originally it was supposed to have free community college for everyone, but then the big colleges came in and lobbied and nixed that. There was supposed Squeak. to be that's gone. They were supposed to do uh pharmaceutical drug nego- negotiation price negotiating prices for pharmaceuticals for Medicare and Medicaid. That's gone. Squeak. Uh, that's gone. Vision and dental for old people, for people on Medicare and Medicaid. And it's now just hearing, hearing right? <laughs> it's now just hearing. <laughs> um, <laughs> the uh, the tax credit for child care is essentially gonna, like the uh, Affordable Care Act, where it's going to hurt as many people as it helps because as soon as you hit a certain bracket, so like because it's what what it's supposed to do, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. It's supposed to help subsidize child care workers. And so they get fair wages and fair pay. And uh, if you make under, I think, what is it, 65 grand single, and then it's like 120, uh, if you're a joint house, my numbers on that might be off. But if you make less than that, then yeah, sure, you get subsidized by the government. But if you make more than that, then you don't get that subsidy and you have to pay like seven or $8,000 more a year for childcare. So I don't know if that actually helps people. Um it doesn't. There? Right. It makes childcare more expensive on the whole, on the average. Right. Just because the government's subsidizing it doesn't mean it's not more expensive. You're right. Oh, it reenacts the salt tax that only really benefits uh, billionaires and millionaires. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's it's vague. There's not a lot in it. And it just sounds like a windfall for people with special interests. But back to the infrastructure bill. Now, this is one I have a little bit more of a shiny light about. Because, like, when you look it up, there's, like, 58,000 miles bridges and roads in America that are deficient. Broadband isn't accessible. Especially, like, when you look at at COVID really exposed to the fact that, like, internet access for millions of Americans is just piss poor. Um, so what it's doing, it's tackling roads and bridges. It's tackling public transit. It's tackling uh, the rail system. You know, electric vehicles, internet access, modernizing the electric grid, airports, water and wastewater, which is like really important here in Michigan with Flint and the fact that our uh, wastewater system just dumps millions of gallons of shit into Lake St. Clair. Uh, And here, I'll run down the numbers real quick for you. So in the new infrastructure bill, we're going to be dumping... um, $40 $40 billion uh, for bridges and uh, or provide $10 billion to repair the nation's aging highways, bridges, and roads. And $40 billion for bridges is the single... So $40 billion for the bridges is the single largest dedicated bridge investment since the construction of the national highway system. Uh, that's according to the Biden administration. <laughs> that's an interesting caveat. I'm on, So I'm on AP News right now, Associated Press. Uh, $39 billion for public transit and the legislation would expand transportation systems, improve accessibility for people with disabilities, and provide dollars to state and local governments to buy zero emissions and low emission buses. Um, we're going to be providing $66 billion to improve the rail services in the Northeast Corridor, as well as other routes. It's it's less than the $80 billion that Biden want. You know, he loved, the, he loved his trains. Mm-hmm. His toy trains uh, that he plays with in the attic with Woody Allen. 
So seven point five billion for electric vehicle charging stations, which across the nation is really really good because you know people that are just trying to cross country and try to do long distance driving electric vehicles, they're going to need charging stations. Uh, five billion for purchase of electric school buses and hybrids and reducing reliance on school buses that run on diesel fuel. So I wonder if they're going to switch to propane at least. I know that smart buses in Metro Detroit are run on propane. Um, $65 billion for broadband access that would aim to improve internet areas, low-income families, and tribal communities, which I think is one of the most important things. Knowledge is like... Knowledge and education are the great equalizer. You know what I mean? And uh, there's people in the areas like that that don't have the same access to internet that people that have a little bit more money that can pay for it or have access to it because they're closer to a network that can get a hold of it. Uh, we're moderi- modernizing the electric grid, which obviously is needed. You look at Texas, you remember, if you remember in two, in, was it three, when we had the great blackout. So $65 billion to improve the reliability and resiliency of the power grid. Um, airports, we're going to spend $25 billion to improve runways, gates, and taxiways at airports to improve terminals. Which things like that are going to improve efficiency to get our plane airports around or our planes around and in a supply chain crisis like we're in now, that's important. Water and wastewater, fifty-five billion on water and wastewater infrastructure, and a fifteen billion fifteen billion dollars to replace lead pipes and ten billion to address water contamination from polyfluoral. <laughs> <laughs> Polyfluoralkyl substances. And that's PFAS, right? Yeah, that's PFAS. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It's not PFAS. Is that PFAS? Chemicals that were used in the production of Teflon and also been used in firefighting foam. Yes, PFAS. Water, yeah, I mean, clothing, and many other items. This, this, everything that you're saying is, is fantastic. Love yeah. it. So, love everything about it. Now, let's get it. into the skepticism. Because now let's you get know it. all. Money is going to be getting dumped into pockets of a lot of people before it trickles down into what we're going to actually be taking. Um, I heard a story, they were talking about it on uh, the Reason Roundtable. And what happens when big bills like this get passed, like when Obama's ARA, the American Restorations Act, got passed in what was that, 2007? No, 2008 or nine, And uh, there was a government building that was getting remodeled. And the guy who was doing the tile was dropping in, you know, you know, 12 inch by 12 inch tile, tile sheets on the ground, putting them on the ground, you know, whatever. And then the ARA got passed. And instead of the government taking that extra money and putting it towards something that would help the American people, they took more of that money and went, whoa, 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 hold on. (laughs) We just got this big chunk of change. Let's put in one inch by one inch tiles, rip all that up that you just did and do that. So what happens is these people, they end up spending more money on their own nicer office chairs, nicer desks, spending way more money on aesthetic and trivial things when they could really stretch dollars out farther. Like These dollars could go really, 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 really far, especially when you look at all of this money and you hear the UN say it would only cost $6 billion to end world hunger. Then why the fuck haven't we ended world hunger, Dan? Because Elon Musk won't sell his Tesla stock. <laughs> and no, he that's great. He said he would. He goes, show me the receipts. <laughs> <laughs> show me a plan. 
right? And Show me how they. my money's not going to get wasted. And so that's my thing. Like that's what makes me skeptical about it. Like, great, dude, this money is phenomenal. We can do so much with it, but it's like, are we really going to use it where we want to? Well, that's and that's that's the libertarian attitude, right? It's it's this idea that you know governments yeah. are not efficient at spending money properly and, and putting think, it in the right places. And I think that that's like. One of the biggest disconnects when people talk about being fiscally conservative or fiscally responsible, it's not that we don't want to spend the money. It's like, let's spend it responsibly. If I'm over here in my house and I'm buying Ikea furniture, then you should be putting fucking Ikea, frickin Ikea furniture in your office. You don't need to spend $900 on a desk. You know what I mean? You you go on a U-line, you buy a $50 desk, and you put it together yourself for your office. If you don't want to, then sit on the floor. Or have an and that's to it. and that's the skepticism that I was going to get after, which is that governments are incapable are incapable of implementing these things, and it's going to end up being a, an, an unbelievably corporatist bill. It's going to end up putting money in the in pockets of of uh, huge corporations, not in not in the pockets of the actual people. And the reason for that, Corey, is because government is really inefficient at spending money they don't know where to put yeah. the money and they let and they let the corporatist donors that own them in the first place tell them oh here's where this money should go like look at the people that end up in these cabinets right like look at look at look at you know uh the, uh, the amount of goldman sachs people that were even in in barack obama's cabinet oh, yeah. were, oh, you know what my, i mean it's oh, barack obama was a golden sachs stooge <laughs> look how fast he built up the banks while he let millions of americans lose their homes but yet you're going to let the government decide how to spend your money to rebuild our infrastructure. Give it to Domino's. They're doing a great job in fixing roads. <laughs> you ever <laughs> seen that? Domino's yeah. Fixing roads. <clears throat> so that's, I think it's funny. I see my libertarian friends share that trope. Then they go, if the government doesn't take our taxes, who's going to fix the roads? And they show the Domino's dump truck out there <laughs> fixing roads. <laughs> I mean, look, there there are certain places where I draw the line with libertarianism, and Rhodes is one of those things, but that should be delegated locally. There's a lot of things, you know, like be like uh, me and my buddy, the one who actually commented earlier, Steve, I said to him yesterday, uh, you know, like that trope, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. It's like, well, let's just at least, let's in the very least make sure everyone has boots. <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean like let's let's do that like there's need to be there needs to be a social safety net we're only as strong as our weakest link and if we have a whole country full of people that are dependent on the government t then we're not going to have a super successful growing economy that's going to help people not only survive but thrive oh but yet the uh federal government can afford to pay all this money for all these doses for a COVID vaccine, but can't afford to actually give people health care during a pandemic and a worldwide health crisis. All right. Chill out, Jimmy. Doing. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. That's... I think Medicaid should be just a public access. I think Medicaid should be in the free market, just like any other. This is me personally. I think medic is it. Medicare is for old people, Medi Medicaid's for old people, Medicare is for everyone, right? Or do I have that reversed? Um, either way, um, the one that is for people who are lower income, they should open that up to the free market to where people like you and I can pay an extra 20 bucks a week out of our check and get that 
uh, insurance option. Because then you know what that's going to do? It's going to offer me and you cheap insurance that's going to be comparable to a decent insurance company. And then guess what? The free market has to respond. Insurance companies go, oh shit, we have to offer a cheap insurance plan too, or else we're going to start losing all of our money. And then guess what? The free market wins. And it creates all this competition, and then all of a sudden insurance prices would go down. Because if they don't, and they keep offering piss poor options because there's no, there's virtually no other competition that's better, they're going to fizzle out because everyone's just going to hop on Medicaid. Yeah. And to top that off, you know, even I was on like the, the, the Obamacare bandwagon back when it first came out, you know, and, I just I I always knew, but I didn't want to believe that it was like this this conservative bill that was drawn up in in the early nineties. It really <laughs> was. The, if you remember the Heritage Foundation, yeah. If you remember the bill itself, like it, like the original plan was to have like Medicaid and Medicare as a free market option, like a public option, and uh, it was the Republican House and Republican Senate that actually passed. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and it was, a, and it was about the to make it trash. And it was about the mandates. It was about the mandates that helped the help the health. The, I'm sorry, excuse me. The health insurance companies, because when you mandate that everybody has to have health insurance, guess what they're going to do? They're going to go out and get fucking health insurance, and, and going to raise prices. Yeah, and you know, and, yeah. and we saw, and we saw that like there were people that were my age at the time when. I'm sorry that were you know in my peer group at the time that were just taking the fines, they were just taking the penalties on their tax returns every year. They were just paying the money because it was cheaper. It was still cheaper than actually going out and getting health insurance. Yeah, so you can actually is. pay money. You had to pay money to not be insured. The tax credit. Yes. I know somebody who was literally not even paying the tax credit because they knew that when that. When Obama was out, the Republican was probably going to Republicans are probably going to repeal the penalty, which I think they did, didn't they? They did. Yeah, Trump? Trump got rid of the mandate. Yes, he did. Yep, that absolutely which, happened. You know oh, hold on, I don't think everybody, be, be careful. I just said Trump did something good. Well, a broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> I mean, but you know what? I'm going to take that twice a day rather than zero times a day too. Yeah, but that's that's uh, eleven hours or yeah. 23 hours or whatever on a clock that <laughs> or 12 hours or 11 hours on a clock. If you're looking at a clock face, we got to get into uh Kyle Rittenhouse before, and then we'll do red pill, blue pill. What do you think? Are you going to do red pill, blue pill first? Let's talk about Kyle Rittenhouse. Cause the red <laughs> pill, blue pill, we're going to that one. Yeah, boy. We have to, we have to they, like, we have a lot of a premise to set up, but yeah, so Kyle Rittenhouse, that's almost a red pill, blue pill in itself. Uh, you look at the way the media is setting this up. They're literally adding fuel to a fire that, you know what? We just might see some riots after it because when you don't follow the left wing media and you just look at it objectively through like what the laws in Wisconsin are, you look at the videos of what exactly happened. Kyle Rittenhouse was defending himself. Is he a dumbass? Sure. <gasps> He's a moron. He shouldn't have been there. You know, shame on his mom for letting <gasps> a 17-year-old go and do that. But being a dumbass. You are a rude, nothing. terrible person. <laughs> being a dumbass doesn't, like, all of a sudden make it to where you're not allowed to defend yourself. There's no IQ test 
on <laughs> what verifies at what point you're allowed to defend yourself and not when a clear cut case is that when you got a guy when he's running from the group and Rosenbaum is chasing him and throwing shit at him and behind Rosenbaum is another person just blasting a pistol in the air like a fucking moron freaking moron sorry mom and dad <laughs> you I'm can't really change doing my it best. after you've already said it <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the intention, right? It's it's the uh Yeah, it's it's the uh me trying, I guess, at least. I don't know. Love you, Mom. <laughs> it's, it's the intent. Oh man, when I say the N word, I'm not talking about all black people. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> the F word is way different than the N word. And I'm not talking about the one that's a bundle of sticks. Uh but um, but yeah, I mean, he had his back turned and he's running. He hears gunshots and Rosenbaum is in his face. Rosenbaum was so close in his face trying to grab his gun. And we're not just saying that that's what, oh, well, that's what the right-wing media is saying. The evidence introduced in the courtroom, Rosenbaum had sulfur on his hands, which implies that his hand was on the barrel of the gun when when Rittenhouse shot him, which means he was reaching for his gun. Um, Rittenhouse ran, he got chased, a guy came up with a skateboard, tried to beat him with a skateboard, which in that scenario, a skateboard is just as a, much of a deadly weapon as a gun, it just takes longer. You know what I mean? He tried to beat the shit out of him, beat the crap out of him, <laughs> with, the, with the skateboard, and then the other guy tried to do a quick draw McGraw type crap on him, and uh, went to go shoot him, and... Kyle Rittenhouse had the quicker draw and shot him in the arm. Uh, quicker? Well, there's not really much of a draw when you already have the gun uh, out in front of you. Well, yeah, really... They were both pointing at each other, I guess. Yeah, just it's Rittenhouse really... had more of the gusto to pull the round, I guess. Dude, I'm with you. Like, I, I think the fact that he's... But, I'm he sorry. May... Go ahead, go ahead. Because I know what uh, you're going to say. You're going to say he's still the, an idiot. He's still, uh, yeah, he's a straight moron. You know, he's a doofus dumbass kid that was going out there had no reason to be there which is really funny too though because like all the video of him before that scenario is like him running to go put out a fire with a fire extinguisher him cleaning graffiti off the side no Corey, no he was running to hit a black person over the head with that fire extinguisher don't you know that (laughs) what's the uh what's the prosecutor's name i forgot i don't even care honestly Corey, i'm gonna be i'm gonna be like full disclosure on this I've barely been paying attention to this trial. (laughs) I've just been like looking at what people are saying. Like, I don't need to watch it. Honestly, I didn't really watch this at all. But like when it first happened, I was looking into it because I did. I was like, what? When I first saw some of it, I was like, what the hell is this kid doing? He's out there shooting people. I'm like, this is insane. But then you watch all the videos because, you know, Twitter, just video after video after video, different angles, all this different stuff popping up. And I'm, my mind is going from this kid's a psycho to all of a sudden going as a, as me as a CPL, you know, two way proponent going, holy shit, this kid was straight defending himself in all three cases. Now, defending yourself doesn't make you a hero and it doesn't make you a white supremacist. You could still be a dumbass and the way that the left and the right are treating him, the left right now has him painted in the media. The left has him painted as this crazy 
white supremacist racist, even though he only shot white people. And the right has him as this hero. They have him like they're gonna like these little meme murals painted of him and shit. The jackass isn't a hero. He's a dumbass kid. But he's also not a white supremacist that went there to go and kill people. And there's a truth that's in the middle of it. And if you try to look at it objectively, he's neither of those two things. He just defended himself according to the the state law of Wisconsin that has a stand your ground law. And even the gun charge of being a minor possession of the gun was dropped because the barrel was longer than 16 inches, which is a weird stipulation for laws. Like, uh, so in Wisconsin, I think it was in the eighties or the nineties, they had, they passed a law to try to curb gang violence because they were trying to get rid of people from carrying sawed off shotguns. So they made a law to where the barrel had to be at least 16 inches and he had an AR with a barrel longer than 16 inches. So the gun was actually legal. <laughs> so what's the, you know, what's the, what's the, uh, the, sh- uh, the, the, the bullshit woke liberal, uh, uh, argument against that. About the barrel length. Yeah. Oh, it's just a technicality. Oh yeah. They say that too. Yeah. All of a sudden borders matter. <laughs> Even though he drove 15 minutes, <laughs> like all of a sudden borders matter. The leftists, like, yeah, it's it's amazing how much hypocrisy happens, and the media is just like, like for real. We're about to see a bunch of like shit hit the fan again when this kid gets off because of the fact the way that the left, like, if you look up Occupy Democrats, the way they're painting them, you would think that this guy just forgot his robes that day. And it, you know what? It, yeah, and it, and it sucks that like, I, I will never expect Republicans or right wingers to ever take the high ground on things like this because, you know, I, I grew up in in, uh, I grew up as a liberal. That's that's just how I grew up. But every time I expect the left and the liberals to take the high ground on things like this, guess what? They never fucking do. They never do. Both both. Both sets of people are wrong about this whole thing. Yeah, like 100%. the left is the, the 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 liberal media is wrong by painting the, this kid the way that they do, and and a lot of them are doubling down. Like we, we talked last week in our lost episode, Corey, about how the Young Turks actually, uh, actually backtracked yeah, actually on this. Backtracked. Real quick, I was gonna say. So, uh, if you think that Kyle Rittenhouse wasn't defending himself, but you think Ahmad Aubrey was. Or if you think Ahmad Aubrey wasn't defending himself, but you think Kyle Rittenhouse was, then congratulations, you've been indoctrinated by mainstream media. To be fair, and th- and this is just anecdotal, right? This is just me, a, a a dumb kid from you know the suburbs of Detroit. But I a dumb. Am I a kid still? No, I'm 33 years old. A dumb, You're a, a dumb, heart. a dumb, getting older, sort of veteran young guy. Uh, a veteran the, young guy, I like that. The uh, the uh, um, the conversations that I've had, it does seem like uh, Kyle Rittenhouse should be acquitted, but the gentleman that shot or that they're responsible for killing Ahmad Arbery should be convicted. That's that's just basically what I'm getting. Yeah, from most the, people, Ahmad Arbery was defending himself. He was ran down like a fucking animal, dude. When you watch that video, it's just gross. I remember looking at that, like yelling at my screen. And you know what? 
if Ahmad Aubrey practiced his Second Amendment and he had his CPL, that could have ended a lot different for him, and he could still be alive today being charged by 12 instead of being carried by six. Oh, citizen's arrest. Citizen's oh, yeah. arrest. Yeah, citizen's arrest this. <laughs> <laughs> for, for, for the people that are only listening, I just did the, the stroke motion. <laughs> and here's the thing, Corey. I think I think the people that are that are telling you, like the, the people that call themselves liberals that aren't really liberals, and if you listen to this show often enough, you know what I mean. Uh, that want to say that Kyle Rittenhouse should be convicted, but the folks who shot him at Arbery should be that, that that they should both be convicted. Was what I should say. Uh, you will never actually have a nuanced conversation with those people, and vice versa. The people that think the opposite. That Which I've honestly, sh- I honestly haven't written heard should be a, that, say should, out loud. That, that bull should be acquitted. That's what I should say. Yeah, convicted versus anybody, acquitted. Yeah, I haven't heard anybody say out loud that Ahmad that the Ahmad Aubrey killers were just trying to do the citizens thing. Neither have I, dude. It's. What a shit show. If you've looked at that case at all, which I'm surprised that case, like the Kyle Rittenhouse case has got so much steam that like you don't really hear much about the other one. And it's well, and, uh, and hold on. To speak to that, that's what's silly. And and that and, and and I put a lot of the blame on the illiberal corporate quote unquote liberal media. Yeah. You want to sit there and you want to condemn Kyle Rittenhouse so badly. That you've completely forgotten about Ahmad Arbery, right? You've Where there was real racism. You've completely forgotten about actually actually getting him people. justice. Yeah, <laughs> you're, yeah, yeah, you're, you're you're paying the white guy who shot white people as a racist and a white supremacist when you have real white supremacists on the tri- on the stand right now for doing a modern day lynching. And oh, I don't almost no coverage of it. You know what no it is. I think I know what it is. Everybody knows those fuckers are going to be convicted, as they should be. Yeah. Everybody knows it. But this one is like, oh, but what's going to happen this week on the reality TV show called America? Absolutely. Where the white guy is playing the white supremacist for shooting white people. Because Ahmaud Arbery is so cut and dry. It's just easy. It's simple. Yeah. Uh, but, But Kyle Rittenhouse... It creates a it's, it, it it's stimulates which, conversation. It's sensationalized. Which, and which side is going to riot? Because you know it. You know, you know that like that like one side or the other fault. is going to riot. It's like and, it's like it's like it, we're, we're from we're from Metro Detroit, and and our listeners hopefully by now know that I'm a sports fan. It's like when Michigan State football plays a big game. There's going to be couches burning in the streets whether they win or lose. It doesn't even matter. Like somebody's somebody's couch is going to be set on fire in East Lansing. And that funny and that's not considered uh like look at these animals out here just burning shit. <laughs> even though it's te- <laughs> even though it's technically like a small riot. Yeah, it really is. But it's really more of a party than a riot. All right, so I got a red pill, blue pill for you. What's the difference between a party and a riot? Is that what it is? <laughs> Whether or not there's a state game that's involved, I guess. <laughs> um, so, do you remember Jamal Shikoshi? Uh, oh, man. How do you say his name? Khashoggi. Khashoggi. Jamal Khashoggi. <laughs> you know. Don't worry. I'll help you. I, I, 
I hope that people have, have noticed by now that I like to help. I help Corey enunciate a lot. We get through his speech therapy you're, while we do this you're show. You're so good at enunciations, Dan. <laughs> I appreciate it. So right now I'm looking at the intercept. And they just did that stupid thing where they're asking me to join their newsletter. No, I don't want to join your newsletter. I get too many stupid emails. So the intercept.com, the article is titled, The Main Driver of Inflation is a Murderous Maniac in Riyadh. Riyadh. Is that the name of the place in Saudi Arabia, the city? Riyadh? So Saudi Arabia, yeah, Riyadh. Saudi Arabia is withholding oil production because Biden won't meet with Mohammed bin Salman after the murder of Jamal Khashoggi, the president suggested. So if you remember, Jamal Khashoggi was in a Saudi journalist who was also, <clears throat> wasn't he also an American nationalist? Uh, I don't remember exactly, but he was in the Turkish consulate and he was literally in his room and people from Saudi Arabia <clears throat> came in with bone saws and chopped him up and took his body out. This was under the, the Trump president presidency and Trump didn't say a word about it. He was later quoted as, yeah, I saved that guy's ass. He uh, completely just disregarded it, and <clears throat> later when COVID happened, Trump asked, you know, Mohammed bin Salman, bin Salman, if he would uh, pump more oil, you know, through OPEC or whatever, and guess who complied? Mohammed bin Salman. On the pain trail now, you know, you fast forward, you know, six months to a year later, and... Uh, Biden and Trump are on the debate stage, and Biden called Ben Salman a uh, like a murderer, and like he's a pariah. He's not. He's a shitty person, and he refuses to talk to him. He says, "Yeah, he's like I'm not sure if I'm going to talk to him." And but he's also been hitting up OPEC, going, "Hey, you guys need to produce more oil." Well, guess who's dragging ass and not doing it? Saudi Arabia. And Trump's, I mean, and not Trump, but Biden is still saying, yeah, I'm not damn going to talk to him, you know? And so I'm looking at both of these stories of how Trump let that slide for the sake of policy so that we get more oil to keep oil prices down for Americans versus Biden's policy, which is based on morality of saying, I'm not going to talk to him. He's a murderer. And so the red pill, blue pill, that I have for this week is what I guess that's just it. Do we follow the, the path of morality or the path of policy? Do we allow this guy to just murder journalists for the sake of cheap oil? Or do we take a stand and say to him, no, kick rocks. What you did was wrong and you shouldn't do that. It's simple and complicated for me at the same time because I'm going to yeah. swallow the blue pill here. I, you know, take the high ground. You know, we we know Saudi Arabia. Yeah. The only reason the only reason we put up with Saudi Arabia is because they give it's us a lot of oil. oil. Yeah, they, they're you know, it's a dictatorship. They're not good people. It's not great. However, everyone has a big deal that women could drive there again. 
Yeah, again. You mean for the first time in human yeah, for history? For the first time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But here, here's the issue I have. I'm going to swallow the blue pill here because I, I always, I, I'm going to, I'm going to say that this is a good thing, but with a super, with a super caveat here, right? Like Joe Biden just met with Xi Jinping over not, not over anything of importance, but about fucking Taiwan. And but when I say fucking Taiwan, I both mean fucking Taiwan and also you know sticking it in and fucking Taiwan. Uh, to fuck Taiwan. <laughs> Is something that literally Joe Biden went both sides on because he this this is this is what this is what real diplomats do apparently. Uh, he's going to say that he acknowledges a one China policy, but then he's going to come back home and he's going to say that if you know China ever tries to take over Taiwan, he's not going to stand for it. So which is it? So, yeah, that kind of kills me, man. It's like, okay, is he a, who's our leader? Because like he was on the town hall saying, "Oh, absolutely! If China invades Taiwan, we're going to defend them." And then Jen Psaki comes out like two days later. Whoa, that's that's not actually what he meant. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, well, at least with Trump, we you know, knew. Like, oh my god, no, hold on. That's so funny to me because like I just remember that like being the press correspondent for the White House under Trump was legitimately the worst job you could have. First you had Spicy who, who got John Spicer who looked like it. He looked like the guy, he looked like the type of person that if there was a zombie outbreak and he was in your little like survival group that he looks him. like the, he looks like the one that would get bit by the zombie and then not tell anyone in the group. <laughs> But yeah, who'd you have next? You had Kellyanne Conway next, right? No, um, who looked like she was half tilted into a bottle by eleven a.m. because her job that, was and, such and then shit. and then who was the chick with the lazy eye, the the Huckabee broad, Sarah Huckabee, <laughs> Sarah Huckabee Sanders, like it just and then now Jen Psaki is starting to understand that like why does anybody want this job? <laughs> this is the worst job in politics. You She's can't get back win to you on that. Yeah. she'll get back to you on that don't worry it is it is absolutely the dumbest job for, like if joe yeah. biden called me today here's the thing if joe biden called me today and he said <laughs> i want you to come be my new press correspondent here's what i would do i would take the job <coughs> but i would use it as a platform for so much for conservative <laughs> Just no, like I would just have fun with it. I would just fuck with people. This, I think that's the only way to go. Because what's the worst that can happen? Joe Biden fires me. Okay, like bye. Take sunglasses, stand backward, and put them on the back of your head <laughs> to make it look like just like oh, I got you guys. Like <laughs> I'd be like, what's a, what's a, what's a PC principal from South Park? I'd be that guy. <laughs> just go up there. You have props. It's like why does he have props? Like <laughs> is this guy thinking he is carrot top. <laughs> there you go. That'd be a good press, uh, a good press secretary. That is just the top. worst. That is just the most carrot thankless top, job. Top post all of his plastic surgery. Yeah, but lots of <laughs> muscles. Lots of muscles, like like old school carrot top. Was that old school carrot top? Didn't that happen later? I think I thought he's been pretty buff for a while. Have you ever looked up like carrot top then and now? No, because who does that? Apparently, you me, do. apparently, <laughs> apparently, I mean, everyone else because it was a. I had a phase when I was into gingers, but never carrot top. 
You're in the. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, when you look up Kara Top that and now here, let me. Uh, I'm gonna screen share this. But yeah, yeah. The, can you imagine? That, <clears throat> what a shitty job. Um. Yeah, look at this. I would take it, but I would I would take that job going into it knowing it was a joke. Look at that. 1994 to 2007. It's not up there. If it yet. would load. You son of a. Yeah. It's not doing what I want it to do. But yeah, look at that. I'm not even exactly sure what's going it's on. Because your there. upload's still at 64%. We're having more technical issues. God, I hope that it's okay. There it is. Hold on. Corey's screen is coming through now. Mm-mm-mm. I love the eyebrows. <laughs> I know. It's like, so, Caratap, how do you want me to do your eyebrows? Just make me look. <laughs> make me look like the fuck goblin from Spider Man. <laughs> if the Green Goblin had a baby with Joan Rivers. <laughs> My God. All right. Well, that's enough of that, I guess. Let me get that out of here. What a handsome devil he was, is, tried to be. <laughs> he did his best. Was once. Uh, I'm assuming you're swallowing the blue pill on this one too, Corey? Oh, yeah, we got on a real tangent there. Yeah, I'm swallowing the blue pill. This is why I'm swallowing the blue pill, blue pill though, because uh, Biden's actually at least trying to actually do something about it. Um, just recently... Uh, according to The Guardian, yeah, my internet's being trash. I need to get that booster. But uh, yeah, so right now, on uh, November 17th, just four days into The Guardian, uh, the article is U.S. auctions off oil and gas drilling leases in the Gulf of Mexico after climate talks. He went and had his climate back, and then he just 80 million acres for fossil fuel. You get some oil, and you get some oil, and you get some yeah. oil. You got to pay for it, though. But you get some oil. So just four days after the landmark climate talks in Scotland, in which Joe Biden vowed the U.S. will lead by example in tackling dangerous global heating, the president's own administration is providing a jarring contradiction, <clears throat> the largest ever scale of oil and gas drilling leases in the Gulf of Mexico. The U.S. federal government is on Wednesday launching an auction of more than 80 million acres of Mexico for fossil fuel extraction and record selling a record a record sell off that will lock in years and potentially decades of planet heating emissions. Now the Guardian is definitely painting it like, well, but we're all about climate change. But if we're gonna tell if we're gonna be play the moral high ground and tell Saudi Arabia to kick rocks, you know, there's people that live day to day and have to pay for gas at the pump and have to worry about natural gas in their house that they don't give a shit about Jamal Khashoggi and they don't give a shit about climate change. <laughs> they just want low gas prices so they can feed their family. And if we're going to have the moral high ground, then we're going to have to figure out a way to still have low gas prices. I have an idea. What's maybe that? Maybe tap into the emergency reserves when we need it. And then exporting the oil, or how about and, we nationalize and, this federal land? I was gonna say, and stop selling it. That would be good. Maybe that would be good. Maybe we just keep it here first, and then you know whatever's left over, y'all can have. 
Just keep it at home. <laughs> it's just it's not that difficult. I don't know what the legislation is. Or I don't know what the stipulations or like the legalities are doing that. I know that we would invade ourselves if we were another country and tried to nationalize our oil like Iran. Because that's what we did in Iran. <laughs> we're gonna we would invade ourselves. But uh the we gotta do perfect, something. We gotta try something. That's the absolute perfect transition. <laughs> into what oh oh into, into uh, Nic- Nicaragua. 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 A so, nation a nation state that we have literally been f- f- fucked with by the United States since eighteen eighty four. Yeah, yeah, we've been all up Nicaragua's ass for over a hundred years now. Uh it goes all the way back to I think it's like eighteen sixty two. When was James Monroe president? Because we did the Monroe Doctrine. So the Monroe Doctrine is what kind of set everything off. So the so the Monroe Doctrine was put in by James Monroe uh, to basically tell all of the old world, which would be Europe and all of those countries, to basically kick rocks and stay the fuck off the Western Hemisphere. Uh, they didn't want our shipping channels or any of our interests to be threatened by Spain and England and France and all of them starting a bunch of wars down in uh, South America. 1817 to 1825. Damn, okay, so I was a a couple decades off. Uh, But yeah, so the Monroe Doctrine is kind of what's still in place, and ever since then, America has been just having their fingers all up inside all of these different countries' orifices uh, to make sure that we don't have any other countries' influence on those countries. So now when it comes to a state like Nicaragua, I think it was in the 1970s, we had a right-wing government, the Contra. It was something Contra. I think it was the right-wing group uh, who was trying to take over the country because we sympathize with them because they were right-wing. And then there was the Sandinistas who was left-wing. Now, the Sandinistas took power in the 70s and the Russians were like super sympathetic to them, was giving them weapons and helping them out. And ever since then, America has been trying to stage coups and doing all sorts of things. And guess what? Biden is falling right into the same fold as all the rest of them. Just as recently as this year with their current sanctions against people in uh, Nicaraguans because they're calling their election a sham. Now, when you look the the convo couch, um, they recently sent people down there. Like Nicaragua paid for Americans to observe the election. And then, so they went down there and there's these YouTubers and there was this guy named, uh, something pasta. His middle name's pasta or whatever. And Ben Norton from the gray zone was down there as well. Like th- th- this. Yeah. Th- yeah. And when they, yeah. And when they were down there, they were saying how this election, uh, was basically yeah craig pasta an american an american invited by the nick i'm sorry i'm on businessinsider.com uh the article is nicaragua paid for american youtubers to observe an election that critics say was a sham so right now the propaganda machine it's just straight down the line they're like if consent by noam chomsky uh he is in getting the same office Office. nicaragua so up a government in there that'll be sympathetic interests when it <laughs> when it comes to our capitalistic um 
you can you can, you can even you can even put it even in in harsher terms than that, Corey. Which is that the Sandinistas are leftists. They're for public health care. They're for helping the Nicaraguan people that actually they represent, and they are being pushed out through coups uh, that have already taken place in 2018. There was a coup to try and knock these guys out of office, and yep. it's it's because. You need corporatists in there that are going to suck out the lifeblood of this tiny country to profit to the profit of the, of American corporations. Essentially, is what this is. Yep, and uh, exactly, and that's it's it's and it's it's an old school playbook. We've done, we've done this in all of these countries down there time and time again. Look how we treat Cuba. Look how we treated. Uh, look at Venezuela recently. Um. We had people that were Americans that were on the ground there, and they were talking about how the election process there is more secure than ours. You have to have an ID to vote. The votes are counted as they're cast. They don't have computers that can be manipulated, all paper ballots and everything. <laughs> and then as a and here's the thing too, that what the people from the left would like is. In Nicaragua, you're automatically enrolled in voting. You're, uh, you're, you're, uh, you don't have to sign up to become a voter. It just happens when you're a citizen. And all sorts of secure things happening for this election. <clears throat> and without really any evidence, uh, the government is calling it a sham. And Joe Biden is putting all of these different sanctions on the country. And like this is why it matters. You got all these people going, I don't understand why we have all these foreigners coming in our country. And it's like, well, guess what? You want to know why? It's because America constantly keeps meddling in these countries like Nicaragua, El Salvador, Venezuela. Making their countries have destabilized governments to where the people don't even know where they actually live day to day with access to food, shelter, and water. So they leave. And that maybe if we stop fucking with them, and that one actually said intentionally, if we stop fucking with them and they can stabilize their government, we'll stop having tens of thousands of people trying to come to our country. Oh, oh no, that's not what it is. <laughs> How could you say that about a leftist government, Corey? This, these are leftists you're talking about. Oh yeah, well, they're leftists that take care of their own, and they, are, and, they and like when these you look are at it, like, right wing leftists you're talking about, Corey. And they're Wall. really only leftist. They're really only leftists in rhetoric to, only like, economy. When it comes to their economy, there's whole there's autonomous zones in Nicaragua, like on the eastern coast, where like. The government still comes in to help them when when hurricanes hit. Basically, the autonomous zones have their own judges, their own laws. The people in Nicaragua are happy with what they have there. And uh, unfortunately, uh, what's his name? Ortega or Ortega? Yeah. Cozies up with the with the uh, Russians a little bit. So they all freak out about it. And so we constantly are down there. Now we're putting sanctions on their government and sanctions on people there. And it's just all it's going to do is destabilize the country, which what we want. So they're one of the countries that were a part of the whole banana republics and all of that stuff all the way back to 1912 to 1920s. 
we were in there fucking with them like that until the 70s when the Sandinistas took over. So how are the corporate media and the uh, wonderful leftist government that we have, and I say that super tongue-in-cheek, presenting this to you? It's a sham election, Dan. It's It's a a sham it's, and, and here's what they're saying, and here's what's being said, and here's like people like uh, the folks you were talking about, Corey, uh, and also the Gray Zone and Ben Norton, people that were actually on the ground uh, at this Nicaraguan election. Uh, they've they've completely debunked everything that's that you're being told, which is mm-hmm. uh, no anti-Santanistas uh, were allowed on the ballot. I think you could probably like duck, duck, go the actual right? the actual ballot. Yeah, I think you could probably actually find uh, the ballot. Um, so that's bullshit. Uh, no, I'm not saying that Ortega is this perfect squeaker clean person. No, 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 no. But, but here's the, here's the thing, though. Hated is a hundred percent, like not a hundred percent, but it's damn near just damn near a hundred percent false. It's all it, it's, 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 it's this is it's propaganda. Like the, it's like the Assad, or, or, or it's like the, yes, uh, it's it's like it's like the Assad and the Palestinians versus Israel. Like it's like the Assad and the chemical bombings of his own people. Yeah, yeah, and and also the Palestinians versus Israel. Like it's not like it's not like uh, like everything is is completely cut and dry. You know, it's not like. Uh, you know, when you walk into Palestine, are there any Jews living there? No, there's a reason for that. Uh, but also, you know, can you blame the Israelis for being for building the Iron Dome and defending themselves against these terrorist attacks? No. But also, is it maybe also an apartheid state? Yeah. Why? What's the nuance? I don't know. Neither side is 100 percent right, in my opinion. I think there's a lot of nuance to this that needs to be discussed that not a lot of wanted people uh, not a lot of people want to discuss. But you know what? If he runs his country and we don't agree with it like we should, or I mean, if we don't 100% agree with how he runs his country, it doesn't fucking matter, Dan, because they're a sovereign country. Yeah, and the Nicaraguan election... They don't even vote by mail. <laughs> no, <laughs> the, in the, fact... The way they vote is like a white wing, a right wing wet dream. Exactly. In fact, what they do is, don't they like put like a like a, like a an ink on your thumb... Yes, yeah, so you can't that, even vote twice. You can't vote twice because it doesn't wash off for like five days, and you literally fucking put a thumbprint yeah. on on the yep. people you want to vote yep. for. 100%. And not only are the Santanistas involved in these in these rooms, these ballots are counted apparently as they're cast. Yeah, and you have but Biden you, is just you know, it's a sham, and we've been doing this to these South South American countries for damn near, like I said, damn near 120 years. And it's like, well, I don't understand why they're coming to our southern border. And it's like, well, maybe if we stop trying to create puppet governments and let them establish their own stable governments. And that's the thing. It's like, they what's worse? Coming. What's worse? If the Santanistas fuck up Nicaragua, and maybe they will. Maybe their left-wing government won't work. <laughs> maybe oh, it no, won't. we have immigrants coming to America. <laughs> it's already happening. Yeah, exactly. Maybe and maybe it won't work. But what's worse, that or like legitimately organizing a right wing coup on the Santanistas. So what's like up, Bay of Pigs, and like <laughs> it just it just pisses me off that there aren't 
that there's just not more transparency here because like the way this is being portrayed is that not even just that there were no anti-Santanistas allowed on the, uh, on the ballot, but also like there, uh, the Biden administration and, and the corporate media in, in America is trying to paint this out. Like, uh, the Santanistas are putting their political competition in prison, yeah, which is call, bullshit. Yeah, calling them potential, potential presidents. You know who's also no, a potential Corey, president? No, wait, you and pre, I. pre, exactly, pre-candidates, <laughs> pre-candidates. pre-candidates. My yeah. dog is almost a pre-candidate. If she were just a human, she would be a pre-candidate. Yeah. All you have to do is be exactly. a human being. You have to be a and citizen. You, know you talk about that. You talk about that transparency, and Dan, that's a hundred percent intentional. As evidenced by the Kyle Rittenhouse cases, the way the left the leftist media is painting him as, like we said, a, some white supremacist, that's sheer propaganda. Don't call them leftists, Corey. I'm trying to take that word back. Okay, illiberals. The limousine liberals. <laughs> limousine liberals. The yeah, illiberal left is what I yeah, like to call right. them. You're right. That's a good com- warranted conversation to be had of the difference between leftists and liberals. Because they are not leftists the same. do not like liberals. That's a hundred percent right. Karl Marx we, even said the workers must be armed. We do not, and I've <laughs> and I've actually gotten more into like that like social libertarian uh, area too. I'm figuring this out as I go. I think yeah, you are too, and I think that's what makes the show fun to fun to do. Uh, what else do we have? Should I get in my monologue? We're kind of getting yeah, here a little long in the tooth. Okay, I've heard it already. <laughs> So I'm gonna pee while you read it. Didn't you do Don't that worry, you last hear time it. to me? Huh? Oh, that's no, a I different didn't. monologue. I'm gonna You're do it this time. But during my monologues, this one I've actually heard. <laughs> Have at it. All right, I'm waiting for the uh, app to open up right now. Actually, I had it up and then it closed. Then I'll stay. Uh. Yeah, so while that opens, what do we have to talk about? Oh, you know what I want to talk about real quick? Let's talk about the FEC. Um just fucking us over for the sake of money. What? Uh, they never do what? that. <laughs> what? When did they do that? Our government takes care of us. Go get your vaccine boosters. Uh, so, an ex... You know, the article is FEC foreign money referendum. Um, the FEC is letting foreigners finance U.S. ballot fights. So they're not allowing uh, foreign companies to straight countries straight up sponsor or like give country campaign country, but they're allowing them to give money to like straight like straight ticket ballot questions and like to like uh, ballot and the <clears throat> um, so an Axios. The scoop. FEC lets foreigners finance U.S. ballot fights. The Federal Election Commission has ruled foreign donors can finance U.S. referendum campaigns, opening the door to foreign spending on fights over high-profile policy issues. And why it matters is that foreign nationals are barred from donating to U.S. political candidates or committees, but the FEC's decision allowing them to support ballot committees provides another avenue for foreigners to directly influence U.S. voters and domestic policy. So now they can just dump a money, a bunch of money into our different political campaigns when they <laughs> were the only thing they would have a stake in. Is it benefiting their own countries personally? And it's just it's wrong. 
downright wrong. They're allowing foreign companies to let me think of a good word for this. Delegitimize our sacred voting process. No, no, I don't know how you feel about that. It Corey. sounds like a Russiagate conspiracy to me, Corey. Sounds like a Russiagate conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> FEC is owned by the Russians. No, that's <laughs> but Can't yeah, I mean, it. there's a. It's it's just it's. I don't understand like what would make this decision. Like, what would make these people go, hmm, yeah, you know, that, that seems like a good idea. Unless they themselves are being funded by foreigners. The FEC. Oh, you just, you just sound, the, them, damn, them damn foreigners are giving money. At, oh, actually, you that's, know what, you know I'm what saying that because Axios, that's the word that's actually in their title. What's really interesting, too, is like, doesn't that just sound like it just gives more credence to people that throw out conspiracy theories? You it know really I mean? does. Yeah, you know it really does. Like when we talk about the and stuff like that, and then people like us are trying to like <coughs> delegitimize that and go, "Well, listen, there's a lot of hands in the pot. There's no way that that happened on the scale of a grandiose style that you're trying to say." And then the FEC comes in and is like, "Oh, we'll just let any country just throw money at our campaigns. We don't give a <laughs> damn," you know. And it's like, "You sons of." <laughs> You know what I mean? Sons of bitches. But yeah, I just wanted to bring that up to let everyone know that uh, foreign nations can now finance U.S. ballot fights, whether it's things like proposals, ballot initiatives. But anyways, on to my monologue. Now I can pee. Um, let me open it up real quick. My computer is just running so slow. I don't, I don't know what's going on over there, Corey. This. Your it's upload's not great. Shame. It's it's, it's government. It's that government. All right. My monologue. Stop the shenanigans. The tragedy at Charlottesville actually happened. Black people attacked and having nooses put around their necks has actually happened. Raci <coughs> Racism in our country exists. And this racism is entrenched in our history, from the inception of our country until recent times, and there are plenty of legitimate examples of it. Racism, an evil in the world that decent human beings should do their damnedest to avoid and condemn, and sometimes it takes examples from history and recent events to shed light on the racism that lurks in the corners that isn't blatantly affecting the daily lives of some of these Americans. Explaining history and events adds perspective to help remove the veil from the eyes <coughs> of some who may not see it, and therefore may not accept the reality of it, but instead compartmentalize it so they don't have to dwell on the world. Racism is real in our country, and it's a legitimate issue that needs to be recognized. So with legitimate issues like racism with enough, with enough historical, current, and anecdotal evidence to solidify this legitimacy... Why in the hell do we have bad faith actors fabricating incidents to get... <coughs> oh my gosh, I'm sorry, guys. So with a legitimate issue like racism with enough historical, current, and anecdotal evidence to solidify this legitimacy, why in the hell do we have bad faith actors fabricating incidents to gain some spotlight and some ill-conceived ploy to say, Hey, look, racism is real. See, I told you. When you read a history for perspective, you know there are a million examples of real legitimate racism, 
and to take the wind out of the sails with some fake racism under some wokeism-esque plot hurts the movement, a movement that is finally really gaining steam. According to Forbes.com article, 74% of Americans supported (coughs) supported the George Floyd protests. People are finally starting to open their eyes and are ready to make a change. I per- <clears throat> I personally saw a protest that garnered over five thousand citizens of Metro Detroit suburban of of a Metro Detroit suburban town, whose demographics are predominantly white, and that was reflected in the aforementioned protest. Things are happening with with or without our government's help in implementing policy to combat these issues. The pandering done by them doesn't go unnoticed, though. According to an article by The Intercept titled, Internal Emails Show How a Lincoln Project Tiki Torch Stunt Went Wrong, the Lincoln Project recently manufactured a white supremacist hoax at a now as of November 11, 2021, Governor-elect Glenn Youngkin campaign event. They dressed up in the same white shirts wielding tiki torches just like the clowns at the night before the tra- the night bef- on the night before the tragic day in Charlottesville at the Unite the Right rally where activist Heather Heyer was run down and killed by a Nazi <laughs> by a Nazi coward. That day was a terrible day for Americans when white supremacists revealed just how ugly they are. And to bring those memories back into some back and some wokest performance to own the own the right and paint Youngin in a negative light is not only uncouth, but a downright foolish move that invalidates the message of trying to shed light on injustices in our country. I think of the old PSAs of Michael Jordan where he says, Stop it. Get some help. Events like this and actions by people like Jesse Smollett, it doesn't help anything. It delegitimizes movements that fight for justice and equality. It makes naysayers say, Told you so. And it turns people who may have begun to at least try to listen and understand shake their heads in disbelief. Wokeism is an infiltra- is infiltrating and riding away the core of every movement and institution in our country, and it's time to really st- and it's and it's starting to really stink. And to that, I say, stop it. Get some help. Damn, dude, I coughed through that so damn much. I'm glad you're in the bathroom and I hear it. <laughs> you got COVID, man. <laughs> All right. I hope not. I'm going to Florida where it doesn't exist in a week. <laughs> no, I think it's. I always have issues when it comes to those severe weather changes. We had what, two degrees yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Today. Yeah. To you know. speak to speak to your monologue, I dig it uh, because look, it's just another situation where Democrats are going to blame voters again. That's basically what they're doing for Yunkin. And they're going to do it in the name of phony wokeism. And what's and, and what's interesting is that like the Democratic Party, and honestly, the Republican Party is just as bad. But from the other perspective, which is that like p- voters don't give a shit about wokeism. Like, go check really the goddamn don't. polls, dude. They want the an economy. economy. Was great. Okay, yeah. so when the economy was great under Trump. We had nothing to bitch about, but like, hey, let's work on our social issues. Let's work on social injustices. But now everyone's like, oh, shit, the economy ain't so great. I could give two dams about that. Let's worry about my paycheck and putting bread on the table. Is that fair or is that coming from a point of privilege because my skin's a couple shades lighter? That might be a little mix of both. And that's not intentional, I assure you. 
Uh, but like what I'm getting at with this monologue is no, but here's the racism. thing, Corey. It's not. It's not because like I guarantee you that if you talk to most of the to to most of the black community, particularly the poor black community, they would tell you that they're a lot more concerned with making more money and putting more goddamn food on the table than they are about like I don't know transgender fucking bathrooms. Or whatever, right. whatever the buzz thing of the day is. Right, you're right. And you know what? I don't know. I, I'm not going to even pretend to claim to know every single black person in this country. No, of course not. But, but I can venture a guess. All the people that are in my circle, they just want to be left the fuck alone, make a decent wage, and live their lives like the rest of us. They don't want to be a token or a trophy that's pointed to every time they walk in a room. Because that's actually racist in and of itself. When you right. sit there and you go, basically, what wokeism does a lot of a lot of the time is it basically goes, "Oh, people of color need our help. They're victims." How do you feel when you're called a victim? Like, right. does that feel good? Is that something yeah, that you're yeah, proud that's of? Not, that's not empowering. Not at all. Get the hell out of here. But so, the premise of uh, my monologue is what I'm saying is, uh. There's so many examples of racism in our country that we don't need to make up more examples to delegitimize the real examples by trying to like paint this picture that everybody's a racist. Because you know what? When everybody's a racist, nobody's then nobody's racist. a racist. Yeah. You know, let's call a racist racist and let's keep it at that. We have so many examples of it happening. Look at the Ahmaud Aubrey case that's happening right now. Why do we have to call Kyle Rittenhouse a white supremacist when we have three of those fuckers on the stands right now trying to defend themselves, pissed poorly, by the way, because the video of them chasing down a black man who was jogging and killing him. Wasn't he also, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't Ahmaud Arbery also in, like, jogging clothes? Like, wasn't he in, like, athletic clothing? I could be wrong about that. I could totally be wrong about that. I have to look the video up again. The video is so gross. I see yeah, it. I haven't just, watched it in a uh, while. I remember when it happened, and it like it was it was pushed under the rug because that one happened right before George Floyd. Not long in there, right in there was Brianna Taylor too, killed her in his sleep when police kicked in the wrong door of the wrong house. This whole thing they just perfect. This we just named a bunch of examples. Like right. Why do we have Jesse Smollett pretending that he gets his ass beat and then he has the noose around his neck and he's in his house like eating Cheerios when the cops show up and he just left the noose on? Because he's the uh, fucking Lincoln Project out there with tiki torches resembling a very, very sad, tragic day in America. Because the they're because well, the Lincoln Project essentially are just corporatists that didn't like Trump. That's all they were. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's really all they're they were. Republicans that didn't like Trump. Yeah, exactly. exactly. There's no, no difference. And I actually used to enjoy their podcast, like when it first started. But part of that was because I hated Trump so much. But part of it, honestly, like when that show first started, honestly, when the Lincoln Project first came out with their podcast, I do think it was in good faith when it first started. But it kind of devolved but into TDS this. TDS got a hold of them, man. Yeah, it was bad. It just devolved into this. That's all the Democrats have. Garbage. Look at look yeah. at the Youngkin McAuliffe run. We actually talked about that, I think, in fifteen that didn't get aired. The Youngkin McAuliffe uh, campaign. I think our red pill, blue pill, is actually. Well, look, we can end with that, and that is like, you didn't hear it here first. 
like this isn't some sort of hot take, but the gubernatorial election in Virginia is going to be a precursor to what we're going to see in 2022. Oh yeah. The it's absolutely what it's going to be. Rude awakening, man. And now history, history, if you point to history, it shows that usually the house in power loses or the party in power loses in midterms, but Democrats are going to get swamped. Look They're at gonna get hammered. Biden has a 38% approval rating. Kamala Harris has like a 28, which I don't even fucking understand. I don't understand how the vice president has a less approval rating than the president. You don't even see her. Yeah, it's look, it's 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 really simple. It's not like Republicans that come into power in the midterms in 2022 and perhaps in 2024. Uh it's not like, like we're, we we don't shit on Democrats because we think somehow Republicans are going to be better. We shit on Democrats because they're shit right now. And we will yeah. shit on Republicans when they are shit in the future. And the whole entire goddamn point is demand better and stop with this lesser of two evils bullshit. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the two parties, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, the two parties have done so well at blaming their own ineptitudes and their own shortcomings on the other side that anytime something goes wrong, they go, oh, uh, vote for me. We need to get those guys out. They're the ones that made it happen. I'm not and them. Then, I'm, right? I'm, I'm not Trump. So vote for me is a and really then, shitty campaign strategy. And then the, the opposite side is doing the exact same thing. Like, oh yeah, those guys are terrible, huh? Just keep voting for me. And then these both tribes keep voting for the same damn people every single time. And then guess what? We end up with the same people in office time and time and time again. These special interest corporatists who don't care about me or you. They just want that almighty dollar. And then, and then you know who loves trump more than anybody else it's those corporatists because trump came in here and he broke all your fucking brains and i know that because he broke my brain he either broke your brain to hate democrats or he broke your brain to hate to hate trump slash trumpism and that's all that matters is defeating either the evil democrats or the evil trumpists and like it's about Policy doesn't fucking matter. And <laughs> I know this. I know in. this from firsthand experience because he broke my brain, too. He absolutely in, did. About two years into his campaign is when I couldn't help but just laugh at his tweets. I was like, this guy, oh, my God. Like, I'm like, I, I refuse to let him live in my head rent free. But I, I had TDS. Oh, he yeah. A lot of people. I did. I definitely it. did. I'll admit it. And that's the thing. Like, just admit it. Right. Just admit it. Just admit it, and we can all move on. Now we're now like, we had TDS. Now we're yelling. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's this, that's that's that's. I that's, guess that's that's my. Uh, that's what I I like. Uh, <clears throat> I find solace in is the fact that it's like I have as much disdain for Biden as I did for Trump. <laughs> Where it's like I realize that it's like well, I don't quite. But it's it's close. It's very close, but for oh different reasons. Yeah, because it's all bureaucratic establishment stuff to be pissed off about. Trump gave you shit to be pissed off about, like when it came to tweets. <laughs> but also the same same things. Like this is the, it's like it's so obvious that Trump was no different, and that that's what makes me so mad. Oh, that he was just he, he fell Trump right people. into the yeah. fold. He's like, 100%. I'm gonna drain the swamp, but then he puts a bunch of billionaires in his cabinet. Yeah, it's so it's so obvious that he was no different. 
And then and then Biden's like, I'm going to be different. And then he's like over here meddling. Exactly in the, the same. He just, <laughs> he just, exactly he just signed the, the lease for the biggest oil lease. <laughs> more corporatism, more colonialism. Oh, man. Sham elections in Nicaragua. Fuck well, all of you. I think that we, we got to we got to end this shit, dude. <laughs> yeah, let's say how long have you been doing this for <laughs> an hour and a half. Uh, tell the people where they can find us on social. Obviously, you can email us, uh, libservativepod at gmail.com. Give us your thoughts. We will definitely read them on the air. Corey, where else can the people find us? Yeah, you can find us on uh, libservativepod on Twitter and Instagram. You can find us on Facebook at libservative. Uh, the transcripts, you can hear me not coughing as much in my tra- in my uh, monologue, and you can read all of our monologues from past episodes and including this episode on libservativepod.wordpress.com. Um, like Dan said, reach out to our email, libservativepod, or is it just libservativepod.gmail.com? Libservativepod at gmail.com. Um, give us a like, give us a share. Go ahead and tell a friend. You don't. I don't expect you to share it on your page and do all that. But if you're interested in the show, you probably have one friend that would be interested too. Tell him. Um, if you do listen to us, our podcast on any of your platforms, make sure to give us a good five star review. It helps us bump us up to uh, uh, so other people can see it too. We're trying to build a community here to where everyone can get together and we can just have just unbiased, authentic conversations without special interest backings and talk about just real crap. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's been Corey Walsh. And he's been Dan Griffin. And you've been listening to Libservative. And we are out of here. Peace. Peace.